attention, please. This is The Drive with Josh Graham podcast. Tune into The Drive 3 until 6 p.m. weekdays on the Sports Hub. I love it. It's brilliant. I had a few gripes watching Game 2 of the NBA Finals last night, but we'll get to that in a bit. Because on the three-year anniversary of Muhammad Ali's passing, it only feels fitting to talk about heavyweight boxing becoming a massive story this weekend for the first time in a long time. And I'd argue the reason, that is, is less about who lost in Anthony Joshua and more about who won and specifically what that man looks like. Andy Ruiz Jr. is the first heavyweight champ of Mexican descent but also the first fat man to win the belt. He is a fat guy. I love this story. I love him. The coverage of this fascinates me because in the age of political correctness and safe spaces, it's a reminder that it is still absolutely 100% acceptable and okay to make fun of guys for being fat. That's been the bulk of the analysis I've seen. Oh, Anthony Joshua blew it. People who aren't big Boxing analyst. Ah, he blew it. Why? Look at him. Ah, this is a massive upset. Oh, what a remarkable moment in sports. Why? He's jiggling up and down as he's celebrating. I heard people comparing it to Buster Douglas beating Mike Tyson. Let's not forget, even though Andy Ruiz Jr. was a fill-in because... The guy who was supposed to be Anthony Joshua just could not stop taking PEDs. He failed three different drug tests. Not one, not two, but three. So he couldn't commit to the fight, couldn't fight. So they they plugged in Andy Ruiz Jr. And Andy Ruiz Jr. had only one loss on his record. He was seen to be a pretty good prospect in boxing. The only thing is, he just doesn't look that intimidating. It was a 10-to-1 odd situation. So this is not Buster Douglas. Buster Douglas was 42-to-1 facing Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson's not Anthony Joshua, and Buster uh, Andy Ruiz Jr. is not Buster Douglas. That's not what this is. But it's not just boxing that we do this in, right? I'm interested. How many people, just in terms of attributes, physical attributes, is it still okay to make fun of? In 2019... Because when it comes to fat people, we do this in other sports. Remember training camp last year with the Panthers? That photo of Kyle Love with the fat hanging out of his jersey? That was a meme all throughout the season. Des, you're a big Panthers fan. You remember this? Kelvin Benjamin. Ah, Kelvin that Benjamin. Came out looking like Eddie an Lacy. Lyman. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have so much fun with this. Boris Diaw. All the Boris Diaw jokes mm. for years upon years and years. How about in baseball? We do this all the time in baseball. Guys are fat, and we love when fat people achieve things. Fat athletes. Now, not fat women. You can't come at fat women now. Let's let's be clear about that. But fat no, guys. No, no, no. Exactly right, Coach K. No. But just listen to this call of Bartolo Colon. Bartolo Colon hit a home run a few years ago. This was the baseball call of his first career home run. Cologne looking for his first hit of the year. Oh, he drives one. Deep left field. That goes Upton. Back near the wall. It's out of here. Bartolo has 
impossible has happened. The team vacates the dugout as Bartolo takes the long trot. His first career home run. It's the impossible has happened. A fat guy hit a home run. Pitchers have hit home runs before. Bartolo hasn't, but there's more to this clip actually, right? Let, let's hear more of this home run call. This is one of the great moments in the history of baseball. Bartolo Colon has gone deep. I want to say that was one of the longest home run shots I've ever seen, but I think that's how fast he runs. <laughs> yes, it's completely fine. It's one of the greatest moments in all of baseball. Why? Because Bartolo Colon's round. 336-777-1600. On Twitter at SportsUpTryon. Desmond Johnson's taking your calls. In addition to intern Aaron. Intern Olivia hanging out too. So it's a full house here. Intern Aaron, I know you're a boxing guy. Also, I feel like you're somebody who can have some insight on this as well. In terms of who's okay to make who it's uh, okay to make fun of in 2019 versus who it isn't. Right, fat people certainly you could still make fun of them. We're doing that with Andy Ruiz the last couple of days, and we just heard that Bartolo Colon clip. Who else would you throw into this category? I have a long-standing philosophy, if you will, on who it's okay to make fun of. Right, there's advocacy groups for all types of different people, big people, small people. Gay people, transgender people, there's advocacy groups for you. The only demographic of people in this country there is no advocacy group for... Fat people. Ugly people. Ugly people. Nobody Ooh. cares if you're ugly. But that's subjective, <laughs> though. Beautiful and ugly. I don't know. Ugly. There's, some, there's some people everybody will kind of... There's some there, generally yeah, ugly people out there. There are actual measures for obesity. That's a thing. Ugly and beautiful, those... That's the eye of the purveyor. I'm torn here because I kind of come from the Bernie Mac school of like almost anything goes as long as it's done in, in fun. Like Bernie Mac used to make fun of preachers, crippled people, the homeless. Like oh, I mean, I believe you should be able to make fun of anybody. I believe making fun or being upset about what a comedian or an entertainer says about something is ridiculous. But I find it fascinating that in this age that we live in, all the coverage has been for the last 48 hours or so, look, this fat guy won the heavyweight championship. If he was skinny, if he looked like a regular boxer, if he looked like Anthony Joshua and beat him. He's just not a talented boxer, but he beat him at 10 to 1 odds. I doubt we're talking about this today. Oh, I know but we would But since talk, yeah. he's fat, <laughs> it's now a story. I feel like younger people, now you really can't come at millennials but then again, millennials... They deserve to be. They gi- well, no. No? I, I think... <laughs> Spoken like a true old person. Yeah, I'm, I'm old. <laughs> so I feel like they are a classic punching bag. Ah, damn millennials! Ah. I'm a man! I'm 40! But definitely older people, it seems like. If you're over the age of 65, if you're retirement age, people will make fun of you. Or if you're an older athlete. So maybe that's acceptable. I don't know. Maybe people making fun of Dwayne Wade with rocking chairs, and Tom Brady, and others. It seems like it's okay to make fun of older athletes and older people. Yeah, usually you have to do something. Like, people were making fun of Dwayne Wade because he started rocking cornrows again, and he was older. So that was part of it. That being old is part of the, the equation. Until but they he have hit to... a buzzer beater in Golden State. Exactly. So he has to do something, and then they're like, oh, okay, that's Dwayne Wade. Last night was also Game 2 of the NBA Finals. 
Here were the three. The, the problem I had with the finals last night was that of presentation. I am, I admire a lot of people in our industry. And I admire Mike Breen, who does the play-by-play for the ABC ESPN broadcast, has done so for a long time. However, I'm also okay with Jeff Van Gundy, too. I'm not a fan of Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson adds nothing to that broadcast aside from, man, hand down, man down, and mama, there goes that man. That's all. That's Mark sort of Jackson. Kind of Italian, a little bit. <laughs> That's all Mark Jackson like brings Mark to Jackson. the ABC ESPN broadcast. I'm fine with Jeff Van Gundy. If I had it my way, Doris Burke would be sitting at that broadcaster's table. I think she's tremendous. However, the presentation of last night, I did not think was great for three reasons, really. And it starts with Drake. Drake is a good way to link these two stories because Anthony Joshua put on his social media before this fight, I'm about to break the Drake curse with a photo of him sitting next to Drake. That didn't really work out well for him. We didn't see a lot of Drake last night. He wore a hooded sweatshirt with Macaulay Culkin from Home Alone on the back, reading Kevin in letters, question mark. It was very petty. It's the kind of stuff that we like, but we did not see a lot of Kevin Durant, and it seems like that was intentionally done by ESPN, almost as if NBA officials reminded ESPN, hey, our rights agreement's up in two years. Maybe uh, maybe don't show Drake if uh, you have the option. Maybe don't continue to encourage Drake to be bomb- bombastic and crazy on the sidelines. I wanted more Drake. I got no Drake. Jeff Van Gundy lost his mind, and I'm still trying to figure out why at the end of the basketball game. Andre Iguodala hit a shot with five seconds left to go. There were three seconds left on the shot clock when he attempted that shot, and Jeff Van Gundy's losing his mind saying it's a bad shot because he should have taken more time. Even though he was wide open from three-point range and he hit the shot, Jeff Van Gundy was going to die on that hill with five minutes or five seconds left to go in the game. So that was a bit maddening, but the thing that bothered me the most was the presentation of Steph Curry and how we're constantly getting updates on Steph's health when there is nothing we can see tangibly of Steph on the floor that makes us believe he's in any kind of distress or feeling tired. We have Doris Burks reporting, Steph Curry Never left to the locker room like Clay Thompson did and Kevon Looney. It just looked like he had a cold, right? But they're painting this out to be the Jordan flu game for Steph Curry. I'm sorry. The way load management is today, unlike any other time in the NBA and the way the schedule was spaced out this year, and with there being three days in between finals games, I don't want to hear about Steph Curry's health. But it always seems to come up. Anytime Golden State's trailing in a series, anytime Golden State's facing adversity, it's always something with Steph Curry. Ah, it's his ankle. Ah, it's his health. He's not feeling great. It's obvious. So that storytelling tactic I had issues with. To be honest with you, I'm a bigger fan of TNT's NBA teams more than I am ESPN's. ESPN, they broadcast the finals. 
ESPN has the big record-breaking television contract with the NBA, which is why they have the finals. But give me Marv Albert and Kevin Harlan any day of the week. With all due respect to Mike Breen, who also does the New York Knicks, give me Charles Barkley and their studio over Paul Pierce, Jalen Rose, and Chauncey Billups. Give me inside the NBA. Give me Reggie Miller and Chris Webber over Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson. I really feel like we're owed something better than what we're getting from ESPN and ABC. Yes, Dad. I kind of feel like uh, Van Gundy and Jackson will be in those seats until they decide to coach again. And then maybe you might get a uh, – I was going to say you're never going to see Chris Webber over on ESPN because Jalen Rose is there, but now they're trying to patch that up. So maybe you will see some moving, some shuffling well, of chairs. Eventually they're going to realize that they need to put Doris Burke in the broadcaster's chair. She's so good. She is. She's fantastic. I've been saying this for years before it was popular to do so because Drake wore her face on a sweater. Coming up, a demon deacon tie to the bachelorette. This is The Drive. This is The Sports Hub at AM 600, AM 920. Now back to The Drive with Josh Graham. Brian Geisinger of ACCSports.com hanging out with us. And it is interesting to me what we saw last night, game two of the NBA Finals. And I just want to get to a couple takeaways from last night that I think we can, we've seen enough. It's enough of a sample size to start looking ahead for what we have the rest of the series. I know many others who follow the sport closely might think that what we've seen the first two games leads us nowhere. And really, it's anybody's guess what we might see. But just... Keeping the sample size to the 60 minutes or make it the 48 we saw last night, I think Draymond Green through two games has been the MVP of these finals. Like, I think Draymond has been tremendous. Last night, they needed a lot from him. DeMarcus Cousins, he's getting all the attention today because he he played 28 minutes and he was four assists short of a triple-double. But Draymond Green's the one actually putting in triple-doubles. And there's a real argument you can make past Steph Curry that Draymond Green's the most valuable warrior of this run. Aside from Curry, I think a little bit of KD and Klay Thompson shooting can offset itself a little bit. Draymond, from a personality standpoint, from an energy standpoint, from a versatility standpoint, and the lineups they're able to run with him on the floor, he never gets the credit I feel like he deserves. He's a fun guy to follow just from our standpoint of covering the, the finals. I, I think he should be a front runner for the MVP. In fact, through two games, he is my MVP right now. What say you? Uh, it's really close with Curry. Uh, I just think I again. I, it goes back to what what, uh, what I was saying a little bit ago. But I just think with Curry, his gravity and his 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 ability to influence the way Toronto has to guard. I think that's like I think that's maybe the most important thing that's happening right now in the finals, and the reason why Golden State was able to pull an upset last night, although. You can the case you can probably make too as well as like the reason why Toronto lost that game is the first six minutes of the third quarter right where they don't score at all and the biggest reason for that is Draymond Green's running around like a crazy guy doing everything perfect defensively like if you underrate or underappreciate Draymond Green as a player you it it's unfortunate that some of his antics and some of his his frustrations on the court maybe overshadow uh, some of this guy's special ability I think this dude is in like the 99th percentile in the history of basketball in terms of like intelligence. He is so smart. He is so instinctive and he plays at 110 miles per hour. He just cleans up everything for Golden State. You'll see him playing off ball 
and he'll blow, he'll drop, drop down in, he'll blow up a pick and roll, he'll rotate back to his own guy, he'll run that guy off an open three-pointer and force him into a contested two, and then he'll go get the rebound, and as soon as he gets the rebound, he'll start the break the other way. Well, uh, he does this to himself, right? Like, you're mentioning, it's a shame that people overlook these things that you're mentioning, but he does it to himself with mm-hmm. the way that he acts, which is unlike yeah. anybody else on the floor. Yeah, he is. He he yes, very much so. But you just that you can never say this guy is is selfish. He lays his body out on the line every single game. He plays a hundred miles per hour every game. And he is as unselfish of a basketball player offensively that you'll find in the entire NBA. Like this thing has worked for Golden State for three years now with Durant there, in part because Draymond I mean, he took twelve you know, he took twelve shots last night and some of those games he has to shoot and score, especially when Durant's out, but like this guy has been totally cool with basically having his usage rates his usage rates slashed in half, and his volume of field goal attempts just cut since Durant got to town. Draymond is the glue that makes that holds this thing together, and yet at the same time, it feels like he goes he can go some games maybe by more casual viewers unnoticed, just because he's not the one hitting all the jump shots. You know, I feel like if Steph Curry wins the MVP again, unless he goes crazy again, uh, if if Steph Curry wins the MVP, it might be the Leonardo DiCaprio winning the Oscar for mm-hmm. for the for the Bear movie. I forget what the name of that movie is. Do you know it? The Revenant. The Revenant. Thank you, Dad. Uh, that movie's tough to watch, right. by the way. It's a tough, like, it's a tough it's a, watch. The Bear deserved the Oscar. It it's a bear, bear to get through is what it is. That's what it is. It's actually a bear to get I mean, through that movie. The Bear deserved the Oscar, but the Bear can't get the Oscar, yeah, which, which is a shame. Like I wish there was an award every year for animal best performance by an animal in in movies i second that notion the bear would have won how i mean every year like who would have won the who who's the most robbed animal in a movie is it intern aaron what do you got free willy (laughs) free willy why why are you saying it with no doubt like it's free willy free willy what about air bud no, no man. man. Air Bud was making baskets. <laughs> no, Free Willy man. got a sequel out of Free it. Free Willy got Michael Jackson Air on the Bud! soundtrack. How many Air Bud <laughs> sequels were they? But those were all straight to DVD, weren't they? Wait, they made Air Bud sequels? I think they did. I think my kids have them, but I think they all were straight to tape, right? BG, defend me on this in terms of Air Bud. <laughs> what? So I actually think this is a good point, though, because I think if we're going to go down this path of having animals win these awards, I think there needs to be a separate category just for dogs. Because I think dogs are probably the most common, maybe cats too, but I just feel like if you're going to have a movie where an animal is featured, it's most likely going to be a dog, and this is a a society that is obsessed with dogs too, so I feel like we might need to just have... All feet, like all dogs, that needs to just be its own category, and then there's a non-dog animal category too. Oh, oh, BG, you the, the two people in the control room, <laughs> they 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 get it completely. Saying that there is a certain kind of person and that that generally wins awards, yeah, in Oscar yeah, I know. season, yeah, and, uh, I know. It, it, know, it, it's unfortunate, yeah, right? It really we've, is. We've seen this. We've seen this uh, movie before. <laughs> what is basically, that? Yeah. basically, what you're saying is, eventually, we just need to have a like a, a animal Oscars. Like it's just the animals yeah. with their own show. The oh, dogs God. have their own category. All whale. Right. Here's what oh, I want to do. Everybody, yeah. calm down. Here's what I yeah. want to do. Oh God. Three three six seven 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 one six hundred. Tell me the 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 animal in a movie that was most deserving of an Oscar. <laughs> Three three seven or no three three six seven 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 one six hundred on Twitter at Sports Hub Triad the animal most deserving of an Oscar. I was just making the point that Leonardo DiCaprio, <laughs> when you think of his best performances, you don't think The Revenant. 
I couldn't remember the name of the movie. I thought Titanic. I think The Departed. I think Catch Me If You Can. There's many others with Leonardo DiCaprio, Wolf of Wall Street. Django. Django. That his roles warranted Oscar nominations and Oscar wins. But he won with The Revenant, and it felt like a, a, a lifetime achievement type of Oscar there. That's what I feel like it would be if Curry wins this award, even though he's been great. He's been great. He hasn't won it before, and that's been a part of the narrative, and it's not right that Steph Curry hasn't won. He should have won in 2015. Not like, Iguodala. I, I agree. It's like it's like a it's I, I look I love Andre Iguodala I appreciate him and enjoy him as a basketball player as much as I think anyone but I mean Steph should have won it that year and then we wouldn't have to be four years later having these sorts of like thoughts of like oh does Steph Curry need a Finals MVP to like fully validate his career like he shouldn't but he should have one in the bag already too. Brian Geisinger is with us. B Geis underscore Bird on Twitter. So that's one takeaway I have for the finals. Before I get to the next one, let's go to Joey in Thomasville, who has an animal that was robbed of an Oscar. Joey, what animal do you nominate? Are you kidding? It's a no-brainer. It's Old Yeller. Whoa! I mean, check it out. <laughs> this, this, this dog, the range of emotion from this kind, loving, friendly, Gentile dog, and then at the end, he transforms into this, you know, rabid Angry, you know, and then the death scene. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's without a doubt old yell. Thank you, Joey, for your passion and also for the nomination. Was was he was Joey saying that Old Yeller has range as a <laughs> yeah as a, as a dog actor? You need, that, the, you need that to check his adjusted efficiency. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> old Yeller, definitely two way player. You know. So three three six. Here's what I want to do. In between basketball points, I want to take nominees for. Animals that were robbed of Oscars, 336-777-1600, and on Twitter, at Sports Hub Triad. I'm getting Marley the Lab. There's mm. a lot of dogs that I feel Told like you, you could we, list off here. We were talking about Turner and Hooch the other week, like the end of last week, right? Tur- Turner, about Turner and Hooch. That that definitely is one. No, you, you confused that with Tango and Cash. I did. I did. Kawhi Leonard, I think he's the new Benny Anders. You remember Benny Anders? Great for Houston on that five jamma slamma team. He's the one that's always forgotten because he wasn't. Wait, hold the up, one. hold up, hold up. Did you ask me if I remember Benny Anders, the guy who played college basketball before both of us were born? I was looking at Des. Okay. See, I know All you're right. sitting right here. I think you weren't looking up when I said it, but Benny Anders. <laughs> so he was on the five jamma slamma team, and he would be remembered in college basketball history for a game winning shot in the championship game if he had recorded a steal on what looked like should have been a steal on a dangerous pass, 1983, mm-hmm. Houston facing NC State. But, of course, Derek Wittenberg went up with two hands, grabbed it, and he will say to this day it was an assist to Lorenzo Charles. Not a shot attempt, but Lorenzo Charles hit the shot at the buzzer, and, of course, NC State won that legendary game. The new Benny Anders is Kawhi Leonard because he had an inside break on that basketball that Steph Curry should have thrown away. Kawhi Leonard, he was grabbing rebounds left and right. He was terrific in the fourth quarter, leading that comeback for Toronto. Sean Livingston, with great hands, going up with two hands, bodied him off somehow to get it to Iguodala for that bucket. Kawhi Leonard, the new Benny Anders. I I can't believe he didn't get the ball. It feels like any of those 50-50 balls, like that's not even when Kawhi's involved, like that ratio isn't even accurate. It feels like he's going to get that four out of five times or you know, nine out of ten times or whatever, I could not believe he didn't get the steal there. He's 
he's the best in the world at doing that. Um, and it would have been fascinating to see what would have followed right after that. But yeah, unfortunately, especially for the Raptors who may have let a game slip away, but they almost could have grabbed it right at the last second if Kawhi could have just gotten his hands on that on that steal. I was as well, as I'm watching it in real time, I just I'm expecting Kawhi to get it and go down the other way. It was it was a heck of a play by Livingston though. Let's go to Richie and Winston Salem. Richie, give me the animal that was robbed of an Oscar. Lassie. He was always saving little Timmy in a well. <laughs> Thank you, Richie. Why uh, was Timmy always in the well? Get, uh, out, get out of the well, Timmy. Great point. Andre Iguodala was the one that finished off that play. I don't know why Jeff Van Gundy got so mad at Andre Iguodala for attempting a shot with three left on the shot clock. Is he <sighs> the new big shot Bob? Is he this generation's Robert Ory, the guy who's... The role player, not the best player in the team, not the second best, maybe not even the third best, but won a finals MVP and also hitting big shots left and right. Corey never, it, hit it, never won an MVP, so he might be better. Right, he might be better than Big Shot Bob, but he's either this generation's Big Shot Bob. He might, I mean, in a, in a way he is because, yeah, the guy hits, but, but he's like, he's like, you know, Robert Ory with like, you know, an all-star level like game when he was in the prime of his career too. Like it's this, it's been the second half of his career with Golden State where he's reinvented himself as like, the perfect six man, you know? And I also think too, just again, Iguodala's impact in general, what he does, the way he lets them play small, like the way what what he's done to sort of like unlock these death lineups for them over the years, even before Durant got there. And the stuff we were just saying about Draymond a little bit ago, his unselfish nature offensively, looking to take good shots and make them great shots. His ability to defend a million positions, him looking his influence in transition. You can say all that stuff about Iguodala too. Like he I don't want to just, I don't, we can call him this generation's, you know, Big Shot Bob or whatever, but I don't want to sell this guy as just like a spot-up guy. His fingerprints, like Draymond's, they're everywhere over the game on both ends of the court. He's a really, really special player, even when he's clearly physically bothered by something. Kim in Greensboro, give me the animal that should have won an Oscar, Kim. Kudo. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't said. Think that dog was crazy on set? Then ask the lady and the child. <laughs> I, I, I didn't. I didn't think we were going there. I, I, I thought Cujo was there. an underrated, an underrated pick. There is it just dogs? Because everything we've had so far has just been dogs. I know. I Intern Aaron's guys. tweeting at me that the Beast from Sandlot should be nominated <laughs> he here. At him the from Gopher. The from, I don't know why you're <laughs> tweeting at me when you have a microphone. I love it. The Gopher from Caddyshack. Ah, well, that was a puppet. Mark, can you have what about cartoon animals? Like, could you have Kung Fu Panda in there, or you know, one of the people from Charlotte's Web? Does it have to be like live action animals? I guess is what I'm asking. Well, no, the person who played the voice would win the award. Oh, okay, all right. Mark in Stokesdale. <laughs> I just accepted that. Yeah. Mark <laughs> in Stokesdale. Give me the animal that should have won an Oscar. <laughs> It's got to be Budweiser's Dalmatian. He doesn't have to do nothing. He's representing beer, man. I mean, come on. Yeah, the Dalmatian for the Budweiser commercials. Okay, I'm for yeah. it. Uh, I don't think I don't think that qualifies for Academy Awards. Yeah, I don't think that but, was an Oscar, but right that that is a great animal, though. Uh, BG, appreciate you putting up with us, man. It's good to hear yeah, from anytime, you. Anytime, man. Anytime. That, that's Brian Geisinger on Twitter. B guys underscore bird. On Twitter, that's where you can find him, accsports.com. We'll get back to the NBA Finals with Bob Ryan from ESPN in just a short while. Coming up, though, story time in Winston-Salem from Friday night. You're not going to want to miss this story. This is the Sports Hub. You're on the drive. 
This is The Sports Hub at AM 600, AM 920. Now back to The Drive with Josh Graham. It's time for us to get crazy. Red Hot Sports takes only. Journalistic integrity thrown to the side, at least just for this segment, to have a little bit of fun and to be reckless. Bob Ryan will be with us after that to talk about the NBA Finals. I have a feeling that the NBA Finals will be a part of some of these Let's Get Crazy takes. You could tweet the show at Sports Hub Triad. Cue the Prince. Let's get crazy. Crazy! 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 <laughs> Alright, here's how the game works. Red Hot Takes Only. If it's not a Red Hot Take, you're not going to get an accompanying sound to go along with the take. If it is Red Hot, you will be rewarded with the best gift this show has to offer. Darn right. Let's start with the phones. 336-777-1600. Wayne, let's get crazy. Wayne, let's get crazy. Hi there, guys. A uh, little Houston Astro update on their season. My Astro swept the peons of the Oakland A's this weekend. And last week, your intern, Aaron, had a hot take that the A's were going to win the American League West. I'm here to tell you, the Astros will win the American League West by 15 games at least, and the A's will battle Seattle for last. Wayne, it wasn't a hot take originally, but 15 games and the A's are going to be fighting the uh, Seattle Mariners for last. He built up to he, it. He, it built up <laughs> set the to a crescendo, and he, he wanted an axe to grind against – he had an axe to grind against intern Aaron all even, weekend long. I don't even remember that happening. Did you say something about the A's? I don't think I could take credit for that. <laughs> I don't know what that was from. I don't know if it was you <laughs> – I, I know who it was. It was intern Nick. Oh, that's right. Intern no, Nick it? loves baseball. Yep. And he had that to say, and Wayne's been stewing on that for the last five days. <laughs> been cursing my name. Had, like, had oh, to let it rip there. there. All right. <laughs> Nothing unifies sports fans more than fat athletes. Fat athletes like Bartolo Colon and Andy Ruiz Jr., who knocked out Anthony Joshua this weekend. This has always been the case. This isn't a new revelation. The Fridge was one of the most beloved players in the 80s as he was being put at fullback and doing the quarter, uh, the Super Bowl shuffle. The bust, Jerome Bettis, when he won a Super Bowl in his last game, Super Bowl 40 against the Seahawks. He was beloved because he was good, but he was beloved even more because he was round. Charles Barkley, the big round pound in a very divisive time that we live in. Nothing brings us together in America like fat athletes. <laughs> I didn't know. I felt that was the, the most uncomfortable air horn I've ever given. Why are you uncomfortable? <laughs> I don't it's know. true. I, I don't know. I feel I feel uncomfortable. We love fat athletes. 
We love Fat Albert, too. He's not even an athlete. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Ryan and Asbro. <laughs> let's get crazy. Hey, hey, hey. Ryan, let's get crazy. Yeah, more on the fat athlete. My, my man, Andy Ruiz Jr., took the fight six weeks from, you know, the fight and eats a Twinkie or a uh, Snickers bar pre-fight. <laughs> he did do that. He did. What's your hot take, though? That's the hot take, man. Oh! That's crazy. A fat athlete. <laughs> Thank you for that, Ryan. No, no, no. Thank you, Ryan. I took your thunder. I'm sorry. I took Ryan's thunder. Dez, what do you got? NBA Finals MVP will be from the Toronto Raptors, and his name is Pascal Siakam. Woo! That's hot. Siakam. I mean, if Toronto wins, it's got to go to Kawhi Leonard, but you're saying Pascal Siakam. Pascal, man. I'm expecting Pascal to have a huge game. Game three. Shock the world, Pascal. I'm with you, baby. Aaron in Greensboro. Let's get crazy. Aaron, go right ahead. All right, keeping it with the NBA here. The Atlanta Hawks will package the 8th and 10th overall pick in the draft to grab the number three pick from the Knicks, who will be R.J. Barrett, and use those picks. Uh, the Knicks will use those picks in a package for Anthony Davis. Oh, okay. Well, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's a hot take. Yeah, I don't know if it's a hot take, but thank you, Aaron. That actually makes a lot of sense. Nah, I'll give it to me. So, wait, that was a lot of movement. That, so yeah. You are such the nice parent. That's what you are. <laughs> you make me the bad guy. Oh, did you have a great take? Here's a hot here's right. an air horn it's, for it's, you. Like when, when somebody calls in and they don't know the answer to a question, I'm mean when I have to cut them off. And you're saying... I know bad old Joshy was being really mean Joshy's- to you all the air, <laughs> but you know I still love you. Am I from Boston? Is that what just happened? My no, Irish that's now. just, uh, I don't know why I made you a six-year-old. Can you do some research for me, intern Aaron, as to why kids have that impediment? Not even people that have a speech impediment, but it's always, when an impression's done of a small child, it's always... The R's are made into W's. Oh. The L. Uh, oh. That's always the impression. How about this? While we're talking about the NBA Finals, I have a conspiracy theory. Conspiracy hat put on. The NBA has told ABC and ESPN to stop showing Drake on the sideline. You know, it's crazy. Last night? I was going to text you last we night. We didn't see him. I had that thought about third quarter. I was didn't like, where is Drake? Where is Drake? <laughs> Where's the Drake? NBA, they put out these reminders. Here's how fans should act. Game one, we saw a lot of Drake in the Del Curry jersey. Game two, nothing. Even though we had the hooded sweatshirt with Macaulay Culkin from uh, Home Alone on the back I don't think and it, Kevin yeah. in all caps letters, I don't remember them showing Drake. Not on ABC. I saw it on Twitter. but I No close-ups, no zoom-ups. After the game ends, the first thing a good TV producer should do is say, zoom up on Draymond, see if he's going to go to Drake. <laughs> but that did not happen after the buzzer sounded. Conspiracy hat on. The NBA has told ABC to stop showing Drake because their contract's going to be up in the next two years. Intern Aaron, give me your best take. I'm sticking with Andy Ruiz Jr. 
The time is according to my Rolex watch, which is actually my cell phone. You don't have a Rolex watch. Hey, man. It's 4.43, which means Andrew Williams Jr. is about 15 minutes from clocking out of this job as a forklift worker. Because he's not going to quit, even though he's just won heavyweight champion of the world. Is that a take? I'm not sure if that's a take at all. I don't know what that is. It would have been better if you said that. that He's 15 minutes away from attending a happy hour that's going to be his last. That dude won the heavyweight championship of the world. Still had to go to work today. Chick-fil-A waffle fries are overrated. Oh, wow. I'm with you on that. Bojangles fries won. Not even number two, you will find the Chick-fil-A waffle fry. McDonald's classic fries are the number two best waffle, uh, just uh, French fry. And the Arby's curly fry is third. Whoa. Waffle fries from Chick-fil-A, not even in the top three. Didn't even make the metal stand. It's fourth. The waffle fry overrated from Chick-fil-A. Very strong stance there. Give me one more take, Tez. The University of North Carolina Tar Heels baseball team will win the College World Series, and I have zero to go off of on that because I have not watched them play a lick of baseball. Do you even know baseball. the name of their coach? Took them the sixth uh, College World Series, Oh, it's, it's Mike. Mike. It is Mike. Mike. Uh, Mike. Mike, baseball coach. <laughs> Mike Fox. Dad. There it is, it's Mike Fox. Mike yeah. Fox. I got it. All right. We have the return of somebody who has left us for many weeks. It's been months since we've had this person on Let's Get Crazy. I've given him carte blanche anytime he wants on the show. I don't even care if it's Let's Get Crazy. He's welcome, but we haven't had him on in a while. It is the human highlighter making his return. The human highlighter. Go right ahead. Understand a word he said, but I love every single second of that. Up next, <laughs> takeaways from game two and animals that should have won the Oscar. This is the drive. Come on, let's go. You're on the drive with Josh Graham, the, the Sports Hub at AM 600, AM 920. So, Take It to the House has officially been canceled, and that's because Adam Schefter tweeted two minutes ago former Buccaneers defensive tackle Gerald McCoy is signing with the Carolina Panthers Gerald McCoy Gerald McCoy Gerald McCoy Gerald McCoy 
K short, K K short, K K short, K K short. So excited, so excited. Super Bowl. The Carolina Panthers. We're gonna be proud. They're gonna win the Super Bowl. We have no money. Seller getting strapped. We can't pay for anybody else. Strapped. It's gonna happen. They're gonna be paying people in IOUs. I just unplugged my headphones. I need to plug it back in. Yeah. All right, we're plugged back in. I got McCoy beside KK with Luke Keekley behind him. Oh my gosh, Eric Reed in the secondary. You sound like that politician. This is gonna be great. Oh my gosh, he's gonna take. He's gonna torment the Buccaneers twice a year. This is going to be. Awesome! This is the greatest day of this week so far! Ron Rivera! Ron Rivera! Marty Herney! Marty Herney, put it work! Marty Herney! Put it God's work! Marty Herney! Woo! Yeah! My God, we're gonna crush the Rams game one! Yes! This defense, we're back! We're back! I mean... Look at this shot defensive line. Start with two I who needs him. You don't have to play Poe anymore. Nope. This is going to be so no, great. They're going to play all three. They're going to a 3-4. No. So it's going to be Poe, yeah. Short, and... Uh, and uh, what about Addison, though? Uh, he'll play outside linebacker. So he'll I be just, up on the line, too. Oh, my gosh. This is crazy. Yeah. <sighs> we just... We just... How did this happen? I just dropped the keyboard. Things I, are going I, crazy. I, are you here. the one who's breaking the keyboard in there? No, I mean, this keyboard shouldn't be here. I don't use it. Ah, <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter because you're recording the hand art. I mean, who uses this keyboard? Let's be honest. Ah. Ah. Uh, okay. Okay. What a way, uh... I mean, we don't know how much he's getting paid for, though. I mean, what, what if it's like over $10 million? I that's, don't even care. That, that's kind of a lot. That's, it's like going to the bar and you got twenty dollars and you spend all that twenty dollars on that first drink. Nah, but paying him a barbecue. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> I, I want to see how much he's getting paid though. If I'm going to be honest, like I'm really excited and all, but I mean, get get hype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I get hype. This is like the graduate ending all over again. <laughs> the Panthers got Greg McCoy. Yeah, See you tomorrow!